Hello and welcome to the first episode of Thinking Critically, a D&D discussion. My name is Danilo and we are flying out of the gate with our first topic, conflict. Today I'm joined by Rob McPherson, the DM for our Pilsomna campaign and a contributor to WizSave Media. Rob, thanks again for coming on. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm Rob. Uh, I started playing D&D in 2018, uh, joined my friend Jason's game. Um, very typical, edgy, rogue, tiefling, assassin character. Yeah, I kind of got hooked more or less immediately. I've been DMing for a couple of years. As you mentioned, I, I run a game for, for yourselves and a, f- a few of our friends here. I play in a couple of other games. Yeah, I, it, it's it's a it's a funny old game, D and D. There's there's something about it that keeps us all coming back. Yeah, yeah. It's never it's never exactly the same thing. Dependent on who you play with, dependent on what kind of world you're playing in, whether it's mm. homebrew, whatever it is. There's so much variety, and I know fifth edition gets kind of a, a bit of a bad rap sometimes because of you know various things, um, but. Yeah, I've I've played a I played a Numenera campaign a long time ago. Oh, uh, very, awesome. It was a, quite a short-lived one, um, and I had a lot of fun with that. But D and D, I think, like it's the 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 best known RPG for for a good reason. Mm. All right, thank you very much. So let's dive in then to one of the meatier topics out the gate. What does conflict mean to you within the D and D five E context? To me, I think if you look at it mechanically, you like anytime you roll a dice in D and D, it's there's some degree of conflict involved. Mm. Um, whether it's rolling initiative, whether you are rolling persuasion, deception, stealth, like it's all it all ties back to one kind of force pressing against another. Mm. I think that's um, yeah. I one thing I. I really like is that you as you as you mentioned you only need to have played literally a single session or even less you know even half a session to have had some experience with with conflict in the in the broader sense which I think is great it has negative connotations maybe with the you know the dictionary definition but when you boil sure. when you boil it you know D&D down to it, that's, that's that's the game man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's a bit, even even down to the role playing aspect there's you know, Bil- Bilbo Baggins went on an adventure because he was bored, right? In The Hobbit, he he mm. on his eleventy first birthday, he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm 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 done with the Shire. I'm gonna go off on an adventure because I'm I'm tired of this place." That in and of itself, loosely, you could call conflict. Like mm. he's he's conflicted with his current way of life. He's he's not satisfied with the status quo, so he's gonna go on an adventure. Mm. The same applies to almost any character that you build, um, at least in my experience, is going to have a degree of duress. They're going to have something that's pushing them to become an adventurer or pushing them into circumstances that they're not necessarily prepared for, but will lead to hopefully an interesting campaign or a session or a one shot. Mm. So like some some internal conflict that, that drives them, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think sometimes I think that's more difficult than, you know, it's easier said than done. I think that topic, like, we all love making new characters, some more than others, but I think that's quite, <laughs> quite a fun element of it, you know, piecing together oh, for sure. yeah. this, that, and the other. But I think certainly for maybe lesser experienced people, and again, I think it's a topic I'm going to come back to quite a few times, especially those that have come from perhaps predominantly video game backgrounds, having that responsibility is a huge addition that they're not ready for you can't just say yeah i'm, I'm a rogue and okay right click start click to start it's no <laughs> i'm a rogue and i my parents died and then they got resurrected and now i have to go and kill them and <laughs> yeah absolutely it's it's the trouble with D being as accessible as it is it's so easy to create a character to roll up a character sheet um and that character then exists. You have that character. You can play that character. But what drives them? Mm. What's their, you know, if if that I've I've never encountered a player character um, that is really happy 
uh, <laughs> and has a great home life yeah. and <laughs> has no reason to to venture beyond their, yeah. their home or their town um because that that would kind of I, it would be an amazing challenge as a as a player yeah for sure to play that character yeah, because it, it begs the question of like, why are you out risking your life if you've got, you know, like a wife and kids at home, for example? Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, my daughter's going to be pretty uh, upset if I just if I just die because I'm after a, yeah. some treasure. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, that, but that immediately there's a potential. Yeah, I've got this great family life, but you know, we're destitute. Mm. I need gold. Where's gold? Dragons, dragon swords. They mm. have. They have gold. Cool. I will go and find a dragon. That's that's some kind of kind of inner conflict or or personal conflict of you know living within your means is difficult. Mm-hmm. So how can I better my my life for me and my family? I'll go and get true. That's very easy character motivation, but it's derived from conflict. Yeah, it's a really good point because we've kind of bridged that we've mirrored the player character and player there so that you know the the player might sometimes struggle with themselves in trying to think up something that you know they they might be setting high standards with for themselves to say oh god i need to i need to write a a page worth of decent backstory here to you know to live up to expectations and again that that backstory has to be good for the character themselves exactly yeah i've played with people that have written kind of half a page of a4 notes just very broadly being like oh yeah he's he's from this this background he's he's this kind of guy um but i've equally played with people that have written 30 page backstories <laughs> and given the the not not me as the dm thankfully but that dm it's a blessing and a curse i suppose because that dm then has a treasure trove of of people and and things to to throw at that character and and mm. weave into that story for them but equally, that's a lot of work to tie it into any work that you've already yeah. done. It's yeah, it's tricky. In my current campaign, two of my players are probably at two of the extremes. So one guy, I think it was a page and a half. It was literally like seven years ago, and then a flash forward to like halfway in between, and then here's what's happening today to kind of chronicle where he got from A to B to C, which was which is really good, and it was it was written as a piece of fiction rather than a piece of dry text. Yeah. Which is always nice. And then I have another player who in his, in his defense is, is his first game of this ilk. And this is a, a shortcoming that I've realized on, on my part and that I allowed him to do it, but he went with a bit of a, the, the amnesia trope. Sure. So it was, I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. It makes sense. You know, at the time I was saying, you know, that's fine. You're, you're, an, you're a newbie. Let's just hit the ground running kind of thing. But then, what I've come to realize is that that is actually a huge barrier f- to enable him to role play. I suppose because he doesn't know who this guy is. Yep, and there's literally no well, there's no there's no conflict. <laughs> it's literally yeah. just like I uh, I don't care what we do because I don't care about anything. Yeah, I've got nothing that ties me to the world mm. that would cause me one way or the other. If you're playing a true neutral character. Maybe, mm. but even then, you have the the external factors of of the life that you've lived that might push you forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's but, still yeah. things you 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 know would you would find abhorrent, even true neutral. Yeah, yeah. So that that's something that I've had to come that's, to terms that's with tough, myself yeah. and to try and I, you know, and I have I have <clears throat> I worked with them when I, when I realised that's you know a problem. Not a problem is too strong a word, but I, I want to enable yeah. him. Um, so I've worked with him to kind of flesh flesh it out and have, have tied it yeah. in to the backstory. Because it provides you an opportunity, I suppose, to, to retcon stuff. To say, okay, well, you were amnesiac, mm-hmm. uh, you, or you are an amnesiac. You, you don't have any memories, but that's not to say you haven't lived a life. Let's work out mm. where you have been and how that might filter in. And, mm. you know, that can that can be there personal quest is to regain their memories and yeah yeah and that's that's something i've got planned that eventually they'll get to that arc and that chapter which i'm i'm looking forward to because that's mm. after all said and done is actually going to be quite a big payoff because it's it's this you know you're drawing back the curtain and there's here's all this stuff that you didn't know before and now you know 
you know, what are you going to do with that information? Oh God, you know, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a different person now. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite looking forward to that. Do you think that at the table between players, say you've got player A is super backstory or super into it, I suppose, for lack of a better term, and then you've got player B who isn't as much or is not capable of being as into it. Do you think that has ever caused any conflict, either in-game or at the table? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it, I've, I've seen it i've seen it happen um but yeah the first campaign that i ran uh, not that i ran that i was i was a part of i think we had a couple of characters so i'd, I'd come in as this is my first D campaign I'm, I'm quite eager i'd written a, a decent backstory and and worked with the dm quite a lot to build a a background that could be tied in mm-hmm. in some way awesome and then there were the other characters that i'd, I'd just met and within the space of maybe like three or four sessions, it became quite clear that we, some of the characters wanted different things from the game. Yep. And and some characters weren't especially happy with the choices they've made in building that character and were like almost suicidal. Um, oh, blimey. They were kind of like going like headlong into into like unspeakable odds mm. alone trying to be the hero which is you know the, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a hero it's D. yeah but for the sake of letting us get to freedom and we're kind of like well no we can all escape we can all get out you don't you don't need to do that mm. and he was there kind of like being the the go on get out before it's uh, it's too late for me it's like oh, like it's a master abso- yeah it's like it's absolutely not too late for you we can <laughs> we can all escape um, we've got loads oh, of time on the clock don't worry yeah. about it <laughs> um so yeah i think maybe less from a preparation standpoint but more from a general what do you want from D? what do you want out of this story mm. this session i've definitely seen some kind of conflict arise there yeah do you have any tips or guidance on how to to mitigate that because I'm, I'm just thinking that is such a balance between three to six different most likely completely different people in game mm-hmm. i try to encourage people being family members or friends beforehand just because it, it makes that a little bit easier yeah. but and and they, they they all were friends um like i was i think everyone knew someone else at the table mm-hmm. um a lot of them were were work colleagues through kind of apple and and different kind of they'd work together in various different places yeah i was i was very much an outsider in that situation in that i i knew two of them i knew the dm and one of the players and was mm-hmm. introduced and kind of made friends with everyone else that way oh, that, that makes me feel better from joining your campaign when well, i yeah. was in the literally the identical position exactly yeah exactly. <laughs> but that's the i was going to say that in terms of conflict at the table i i'm fortunate enough that it's not that I've never played with anyone I didn't know because that's how that's how we met. Mm-hmm. But I knew Sai and Sai said, "Oh, my friend Danilo mm-hmm. plays D and D. He'd be great at the table. Is it cool well, if he joins in?" And it's like, "Yeah, absolutely," because I knew Sai, I trusted Sai, and it's kind of like, "Oh, if you're vouching for this person, then absolutely, they're welcome." Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the kind of conflict that I've never fortunately had to experience is the playing with complete strangers and running a game for people you've never met before because that's a challenge that i can imagine requires a really specific skill set to be able to kind of surmount yeah i I see you see a lot of like looking for groups you know and roll 20 and that and looking for dms and i've I've thought to myself before how you know how does or how can that work because you're just going in completely completely blind but i guess it's blind yeah I guess it does somehow because it wouldn't be yeah. as successful otherwise. And I feel like it's just setting expectations really early. It's talking, taking a session zero, even if that's only half an hour, 40 minutes, saying, mm. cool, what kind of game are you guys looking for? You know, what's off the table in terms of content? Are there any kind of hard, hardline taboo subjects mm. that you don't want? Is, you know, are we running a murder hobo game? Are we running a story heavy game? It's a lot of conflict in that regard. I feel yeah. like that could be mitigated very early by very clear communication. 
Yeah, I think that's a. I'm just thinking now that I think session zeros are like job interviews in that they're super important, but you never really get the opportunity to do enough of them to get better yeah. at them. Because <laughs> I, I basically yeah, did one, and it was. Well, yeah, I have to say it probably wasn't as successful as it could have been. I ran it more as a. To be fair, it was all three completely new players. So it was more of an introduction to D and D rather than a typical session zero. So that was a, again another learning point for me in that yeah. those two things are, are probably different. That's um that's how this the our campaign got started. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'd I'd never run it before. I'd I'd, I'd been playing for about a year or so, and and I was like, I really want to like the the group was in London and I was in Southampton. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, I need to I need to play. <laughs> if i if i can't find a group to join i'll I'll start one yeah um so it just took to asking people i knew are you are you interested in playing D? I know this is maybe something you'd be up for and yeah for me it was as much a learning experience of being a dm and running a game as it was them learning how to play it mm-hmm. which i <laughs> could have could have led to some really bad habits yeah but i feel i feel i've been quite lucky in that if I've made mistakes in terms of rules or whatever, then it, it's not a, a, a massive deal. It's, oh, I think this works this way, and then in future we'll do it correctly. And, yeah. And I think a big a big part of it's just being respectful. It's just, yep. it, yeah, respecting your player's time, your player's respecting the time you put into preparing a game. A lot of the, the at-the-table conflict, aside from in-game, that could be, yeah, again, mitigated by mutual respect and communication i think mm-hmm. that's a, a fairly easier said than done but oh a, yeah a, for like sure. a, fa- a fairly easy kind of template for avoiding clashes mm. i think aside from i think one or two experimental one shots that i'd done the first longer length campaign was with a as large group again i think six in total of younger you know late teens at the time and I gotta say, a couple of those were confrontational, I suppose, and mm-hmm. they had one of them in particular had a real big problem with that separation of player character to character. Sure, which I still find difficult playing because if I'm ever being, you know, mean, it still feels bad to me. <laughs> yeah, and every time I do, I have to apologise and be like, I care, but my character yeah, just, don't care. <laughs> just for just for clarification, this is. This is Vic acting. This isn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm terribly sorry for your loss out of game, but in game, uh, let's move on. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> but he, there, there wasn't any of that. And I'm afraid to say it almost got to the point where I had to be like, okay, you're going to have to stop doing these sure. things that you're doing because that's now just, just being rude in real life. <laughs> yeah. It's quite obvious you're not playing the game it, anymore. It's tricky because, especially when you get a, a degree of, oh, it's what my character would do. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a difference between playing a role and being a dick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you can you can play an evil character and not be horrible to the people you're at the table with. Yes, yeah. Again, it comes down to motivation. What's what's driving your character to do the things they're doing? Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, an, an evil character, someone that's got truly malicious intentions, mm-hmm. probably cares about themselves more than anyone else, and thus would do anything to keep themselves out of conflict. Yeah, would probably yes. push yeah. others into conflict, sure, but wouldn't begin to antagonize the people that are ostensibly, if they're in your party, they're keeping you alive. Yeah, that you need them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a <laughs> there's a, a very yeah, there's a kind of a, an easy line to draw when it comes to playing an uh, an evil character or playing in a specific way that's like, oh, it's what my character would do. Yeah. Um, there's an, an easy line to draw between being a character and being an asshole at the table. Like, mm. it's, yeah. I think some classes are obviously more susceptible to that for rightly or, or wrong reasons. So to take the two class extremes you've got wizards who are typically intelligent typically polite just just by dint of being 
academic i suppose they might be yeah yeah. they they might be aloof but they're not mean or foolish and then at the other end of the table you've got the stereotypical barbarian who can be stereotyped as foolhardy and you know charge headlong into battle so you've got the the meatheads and the and the nerds yeah yeah Yeah. so wizards are mechanically difficult but then i think the other side of the same coin is that barbarians are more difficult to role play because you've got to really for sure find that middle ground of i would jump off the cliff and not care about hitting the ground in 30 seconds time to chase this goblin off but i'm not gonna because then that's just gonna waste two hours of everybody's time at the table yeah then my my party then has to scale that cliff to pick up my dead body and revive Mm. me if i'm lucky yeah it's uh... (laughs) a Yeah, yeah, it's making intelligent choices. You can you can play a character and 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 play them clever. Like yeah, making smart choices with regards to yeah, they my character might do this, mm. but they've also got a degree of self preservation. Yeah. One thing I liked reading a little while ago about that barbarian because you know, it's something that I've had in in the Persona game of of like Danilo knows well thinks he might know the solution to this puzzle but Vic probably wouldn't have crossed the t's and dot the i's to come to that conclusion which unfortunately just leads to a bit of frustration because you're like yeah somebody else just (laughs) I remember a puzzle quite early on that was it was to do with like sliding panels within a wall to make a a relief of a, Mm -hmm. a sun rising and a sun setting and people were kind of tinkering with bits and pieces and as soon as Vic knew where stuff was supposed to go he just walked up and pulled the panel <laughs> off the wall and shoved it into the right place and yeah it worked i was like yeah okay i'm satisfied with that that's a, yeah that's, that's, that's a, a solution to the puzzle but that's all that's that's something i can imagine a barbarian absolutely doing <laughs> oh good i'll take that i'll take that yeah. as a compliment but the, the the thing i was reading was saying basically like the barbarian might not, you know, in game might not have worked out that there's a, you know, a hidden lever behind this fake wall. But then perhaps they rolled really high on investigation, awkwardly high from the DM's perspective versus, say, the wizard who rolled low and is a, a dumb idiot for 30 seconds. But then the way they, you know, you'll get out claws there, they described it was basically like the barbarian doesn't work out that there's a lever there. Perhaps he's just like, tired and leans against the wall and he happens to lean against the bit that's got the, <laughs> the hidden lever behind it yeah or which he, I quite he gets like. frustrated and, and you know where the false wall is he punches the wall and he punches through it yeah just straight through it it's yeah like, oh hang on <laughs> you're welcome guys <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah that was quite good and i guess that's some way to bridge you know where the dice are telling a slightly different story to what might ideally be happening one thing I see or read a lot about, especially on various subreddits, is if I, if I had a pound for every time there was a post about a DM saying my player does XYZ or a post that yeah. says my DM does ABC and I don't think it works, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> there's, a, there's no shortage of people that don't want to talk to each other. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Like The, the answer is always just like, have you, did, did, did you talk to did you talk to them? <laughs> oh yeah. no, I, I, I just sat in silence for five games. <laughs> yeah, it baffles me that people are willing to stew on something and and really let it ruin their game. Mm. As a DM, and I'm sure you'll probably agree, my my biggest concern is making sure the players at my table are having fun. Yeah, that's the only thing I really care about because mm-hmm. when my players are having fun, I'm having a good time. Yeah, the reason I put the work into if I'm doing a homebrew campaign, build build the towns and the, the, the NPCs and planning encounters and puzzles is because I want to see you guys enjoy that. Like, yeah. if, if, if there's something at the table, either from the way I'm running the game or from another player, I would hope that we're all mature enough to discuss it. Mm. A great example... And it's it kind of ties into conflict quite nicely. Our friend Nathan's initial character, Nephros, tiefling rogue. Mm. They started off that way, became a tiefling warlock, tied to the hells. Over time, became 
more evil. Yeah, you could say and that. Said, yep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, did some pretty nefarious things, but came to me and said, I don't really want to play a bad guy because no one at the table likes me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, one, no one else in the party likes Nephros. Um, I was like, well, yeah, you keep on doing really shady stuff, which is fine. <laughs> you're allowed to, and you're dealing with the consequences of it as, as we play, which, you know, if you're happy to do, then cool. But if you're not happy doing that, let's work something out. And now mm. we've got a really dastardly NPC villain that used to be a player character that has now kind of been given to me as the DM to do what I will with. And there's some it's really cool stuff that I've got planned, <laughs> planned with that character now <laughs> um, by virtue of being able to have a conversation mm. with Nathan, the player, and say, and him being kind of comfortable saying, yeah, like this, this isn't the most fun I could be having. Yeah. Which I really, I really appreciated him coming to me with that. Mm. It made me feel like I'm doing a good job as a DM that he's able to. But yeah. Also, yeah, that I'm able to hopefully make the rest of the the rest of the party <laughs> have a better time by virtue of not dealing with uh, an evil bastard in their ranks well i can i can tell you if anyone's ever struggling for something to galvanize the players there's nothing better than one of the former party members turning mm-hmm. on them and then suddenly <laughs> you've got the rest of the table who are like man i don't care about whatever the hell save the world quest we were on before that guy's gotta die <laughs> yep yeah it's gotta go down it's a matter of principle at that yeah, point. Yeah, the, the world can wait, because, like, <laughs> Jim, he's a bastard. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, I gotta say, that was, you know, I made a great table experience as well, as the rest of the players and who didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, which, um, yeah, it's, it's part of why I love DMing, is that you get kind of a, a front row seat to that kind of stuff playing mm. out. Um, I always try to, to run the game as though it's not, it's not my game, it's your guys' game. I'm just giving you the, the fuel, if you like. Sure. Mo- I'd say the vast majority of that was Nathan's idea. Mm-hmm. And I was all too happy to roll with it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's my current game, there are conflict between some of the players. Not Well, not quite. Well, perhaps they are, and maybe I need to start bridging that subject with them. As maybe some of them aren't aware that's even something you can, you could even do. So, yeah, yeah, which again is, I guess, uh, one thing that I don't think it does as a system or framework is communicate the commitment, I guess, is a way to put it. So, sure, especially if you start a longer campaign, and I get that there's short campaigns and there's, you know, five sessions, there's one shots and whatnot, but especially starting a longer campaign that I'm always forthcoming and saying, look, this thing I'm thinking of running is long think about what you want to play As for new players if they're like oh i'll just want to cast spells so i'll be a, a sorcerer and i go okay they're a bit complicated you're gonna be okay with that yeah, yeah it'll be fine and yeah, then th- and three then... levels in they're like what the hell is any of this stuff <laughs> yeah. what what is meta magic what's going on what does yeah. that mean yeah what is a spell slot uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would <laughs> i would always tend to so I started a, another campaign for a, a, another bunch of guys at work that I, I was very kind of keen to say, try like if you want a, a a fun experience to begin with, try these classes out. I was trying to try fighter, try rogue. Mm. It's quite easy to play. Yeah, druids aren't especially difficult. There's a bit more to them in that you've got the, your your beast shapes and the different circles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are the kind of the ones that are probably slightly more accessible to begin with. And a few of them were like, oh, I quite like the idea of a sorcerer. It's like, okay, take a read through it. Look mm-hmm. look through the, the player's handbook at that class, and if all of it looks good to you, or even most of it looks good to you, by all means, if you're confident playing that. But I'm, again, going back to the, the main focus, I want you to have fun. Mm. And I don't want you to stress out about how many sorcery points you have left and any of that like yep. it's, it's far easier to just do i get sneak attack yes or no cool loads of damage great yeah which is which is a really rewarding for lower level players to yeah. have that sneak attack on top it's just like oh i barely had to do anything and i've 
out dps everyone else <laughs> i'm i'm having fun <laughs> yeah well that that's i think part of why i went for a rogue is looking through the php early on some of the bits and pieces you pick up quite early were really appealing mm. sneak attack being one um i worked with uh, jason the dm to create a like a custom specific assassin background awesome based on my backstory mm-hmm. um, so instead of being able to cast darkness i was able to cast silence mm-hmm. um and l- like little kind of tweaks like that were really 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 good fun mm. yeah oh, that's awesome so we've talked a bit about conflict around the table and problems with between players and problems between players and the dm and Oh man, I I don't like thinking about it because any time I think about it, I just recall some of the horror stories you hear, and it's like of people saying this one guy just this guy openly cheats. Yeah. And what what do we do about it? And then you you find two days later they've replied to the subreddit, and it's like oh yeah, the DM owed him some money, so he was just like allowing him to cheat. And I'm just thinking, like, man, this is what, this is bonkers. <laughs> yeah. In what world does that happen? <laughs> Surely, it's, yeah, it's just, it's bonkers. Yeah, so that, that I, I was. Don't yeah, I don't understand. Not just how <laughs> how you can get yourself into that situation. Yeah, but how the other players allow it to happen. Yeah, how how people are willing to just sit there and say, yeah, this is fine, I guess. Yeah, and so clearly it's not. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, good. I'm, I've, I've stunned you into, yeah. <laughs> into no, silence for that one. Yeah. It's just some of the, yeah, some of the horror stories are, it, it beggars belief that mm. the tables can be that bad. But then yeah. equally, you, you look at some of the, some of the replies to a lot of those threads. Mm. And, and the, the, the one that, the, the most common reply that I see that, yeah, there is an argument for it. It's like his table, his rules. Mm. Fair enough. If you if you don't want to play at that table, or you know the DM wants to play a specific game and that's communicated well, fair yeah. enough. It's when when it's at the expense of mm. the player's experience. Yeah, it it just doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Like there's no value there. Mm. And the logical end point of that his table his rules is that. The other players go, okay, well, we don't want to play with those rules, so goodbye. And then yeah. neither does anyone else, so he doesn't have a table who, anymore. Who are you going to run a game for? Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to talk, before we go on to anything else, um, talking of Neferos and his nefarious ways in terms of conflict between player characters. Mm. And I am quite against any extended or serious PvP. I don't feel like I know the framework isn't built for PvP. It's just not designed to be balanced in any way. I'd agree agree with that. There'll be a min-max cookie-cutter build that would just beat any other class any day forever yeah you know short bounce of i might throw my dagger at him that kind of stuff i don't mind but what what are your thoughts on pvp i feel like within reason it's fine and that's the i suppose the caveat of within reason is is difficult to quantify yeah it would vary table by table group by group but i think as long as it's not disrupting the flow of the game and it's not significantly detrimental to any individual's experience then it's to a degree, it's fine. Mm. This, uh, you, you've you've got a, a lawful good paladin and a, a sneaky chaotic good rogue, and the chaotic good good rogue wants to pickpocket this Ponzi shopkeep, mm. uh, and the paladin's like, "I stop him." Mm. That's perfectly reasonable. You know, uh, you have conflicting roles there to 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 see who comes out on top, like maybe yep. dexterity versus strength. Mm-hmm. that kind of thing i feel like is is fine it's when it comes to i you know i draw my sword and stab him yeah then i'm kind of like well hang on but what's to what end yeah why are you why are you doing that mm. that's a good point because i've never i don't think i've ever been in that position 
No, and I I can't re- I can't recall a, a situation where I've had to, I've had to step in and be like. One of the biggest things I, I, I I'm vehemently against saying no. Mm. I'm far more inclined to say, well, maybe we could. Okay, you could try this or roll for it, and then coming up with let's say you know i want to jump off the back of this car onto the one next to it yeah it's you know you've already set the scene where it's that's a, a, a ridiculous jump mm. um, you don't have any magical items that can allow you to propel yourself that far so sure roll for it they roll incredibly well so it's like yeah you don't quite make that jump but you land next to it and you're holding onto the edge of the car and your feet are dragging along the ground yeah and next turn you can pull yourself up kind of thing. yeah yeah. I feel like that's a reasonable kind of thing. When it comes to PvP, fortunately, I've never had to deal with... I, I stab him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just can't see how that would ever end. We just have two players roll dice at each other for half an hour. And... Yeah, <laughs> which which for everyone else at the table is kind of boring. Mm. Well, actually, more likely it's the Paladin rolls level 9 smite and just disintegrates the rogue. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I disengage. It's like, no, too late, dude. You made a... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm curious, do you think that maybe holds some players or some player characters back in terms of there's that grey area of this is this is maybe not quite my guy territory just yet, but it is also not... I'm just not sitting on my hands. There's that middle ground of this is still within the realm of possibility that I would do. Sure. But, but they have to say no because it would lead to PvP. And they're almost internalizing the no so the dm might not have said no but they've said no to themselves which in a way is yeah kind of just as bad because it's gonna yeah ruin the game and yeah that is that is just as bad because you don't want anyone to feel like they can't act to feel like they can't do stuff Mm. like matt mercer made the the you can certainly try phrase Mm -hmm. famous and and yeah I'm, i'm all for giving even the most outlandish ideas uh, ago. Mm-hmm. I had a character in, in one of the games I ran, they found this abandoned shack with a, a dead body and there was a, a mug, like a stein, on this table and they grabbed the stein and it was a mimic. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, um, I want to bury my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, sure, how? It's like, I'm going to use my sword to to stab into the ground and move as much dirt as I can, shove my head down and, and cover it all over so that this mimic suffocates. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was kind of like, that's, there's a weird genius to that. Yeah. And I hadn't considered for a second that that would be a way to deal with something that had latched itself onto mm. your arm. Yeah. But it made sense. And I was like, okay, yeah, roll dexterity, I guess, mm-hmm. or athletics to see like how quickly you can move enough earth to to bury your, your arm wrist deep. Yeah, and then there was other characters like, oh, I move earth to make the space so that she could do it. It's like, okay, cool, this is brilliant. But yeah, that kind of stuff, I'm fine. Like that, I'm all for. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm I'm absolutely in favor of people going with whatever they consider to be an option. Um, if they if they think you know oh I could probably do this I can probably get away with this, a great example would be early on in in our campaign you you came to uh, an abandoned tower where there was a young lady oh, yeah. at the top of it and uh, and a troll mm-hmm. and you wanted to get up to the top so Vic the the Goliath character launched the gnome character up through the window. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a, a bit of a Hail Mary thing, but it's like, yeah, absolutely roll for it. See if yeah. see if you can do it. There's that school of thought that says it's basically yes, but. So yes, yeah. you can leap to the other carriage, but you'll be falling off the side. Do you think you could turn yeah. that on its head for the situation of the paladin wants to stab the rogue in the shop with a no but? Do you think there's any legs to that concept? I know you, I know you just said you don't ever want to say no. But yeah, man, well, I on? think... I don't ever want to say no on on, on principle, in in principle, in reality, you have to, right? You have to. The, the, there has to be some degree of. Mm. But again, I, th- I feel like that's something. If it's difficult because it's not necessarily something you would foresee and discuss in a session zero. Yeah. I know that think, thinking about it, I've never I've I've never brought it up when I've mm. when I've talked to people. It's like, oh yeah, are, are you guys likely to fight each other? <laughs> yeah, because in my head, it's like that's no, of course not. You're a you're a team. 
yeah you know you guys are are a party because you help each other survive like fighting each other is diametrically opposed to keeping each other alive yeah it should be the last thing on their to-do list yeah but in that kind of situation it doesn't have to come down to the character leaving it could be another character steps in Mm. puts a hand on the shoulder no we don't need to do it or you don't need to do this let's talk about it Mm. because i'm willing to bet up to that point those characters had probably come to a head, at, uh, you know, they'd, they'd probably had mm. clashes before that yeah. hadn't been resolved. Yeah. In order for it to get to the point where that paladin is likely to want to go that far to, to harm the other player character. Yeah. Or it's very, it's very early on and that's, that's kind of a, a bullet dodged mm. in saying, hey, look, that's not the game we're playing. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And if, and if that's the game you want to play, I'm sure there are tables that are there are groups that are all for it. The one I the ones I play, it it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think again another potential failing on my part for my campaign is that to tie off what you were saying there about you know you're you're a party, you're working together, you're trying to keep others alive. The way I engineered it, probably from an experience point of view, was let me deal with getting you all together and sending you off on a mission. But what that has bred is that they are a party out of circumstance rather than sure. anything else. There's not a huge amount of loyalty there, perhaps less than I would have liked. And, you know, they've been through thick and thin. They've killed people and nearly been killed and so yeah. on and so on that you'd hope would breed a level of familiarity there. But what is working against these guys is basically all of them are concealing something or lying about something or not completely forthcoming with all the information so that all the best characters are right all the best (laughs) characters have something some kind of dark secret Mm -hmm. that they're either trying to outrun or eventually pursue and and take care of yeah i kind of feel like the 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 most cliche you meet in a tavern Mm -hmm. can be an entirely circumstantial grouping of individuals. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. Um, I, I, I've seen Session Zeroes played before where, where you'll play two or three small groups where, you know, it's like you two know each other. Yeah. Um, one mechanic I've seen that works really interestingly um, is everyone at, everyone's character at the table knows at least one other character. Oh, okay. Even so just a, a six degrees of separation. Yeah. Kind of thing. So in theory there's they've got ties to each other ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So it could be okay, so you both grew up in the same orphanage. Um one of you went off to be a ranger and you've been kind of looking after uh this estate and the other one's gone off and has joined the, the local thieves guild. Mm-hmm. The one that joined the local thieves guild knows a fence who's yeah tired of being a fence and is looking for something a bit more exciting to do and then it circles back so everyone has a, a tie in some yeah. way or another i think that's a that great idea yeah it's a really cool idea um because it, it gives reason like everyone a reason to want to stick together it's like no yeah. i can vouch for that guy that guy's cool mm-hmm. but equally you've got people that have never met and may have conflict and may have opposing viewpoints and opposing motivations mm. which is you know, can be great. It can be great storytelling at the table. Yeah, it can lead to some really cool, if not in some instances, really horrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, events occurring. Yeah, but that makes the that's that's the game. Now that idea, yeah, I'm gonna have to think about about that. I've gone unfortunately the other way. I've kind of stepped into an interim DM role for a little bit, and of you know, short term, kind of rerunning a chapter that I'd run before. Went the other direction and just said. I, like I can't, we haven't got time, and I can't be bothered essentially to go through the rigmarole of a couple of sessions of wind up. Yeah. So I just said, "You're all treasure hunters, and you've known each other before, so don't worry about that. You're already yeah. traveling together, looking for a piece of treasure, but that has its own pitfalls. I mean, the, the role play in the first session was no less difficult than it is in any other given session because the player characters just." the players still didn't really know each other's player characters so it was this middle ground of we don't need to talk because we're friends 
but also I, I don't actually know anything about yeah. you or how you or how you act. So yeah, it's like, oh, hey, remember that time that we raided this tomb? And it's like, no, that didn't happen. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, of course it did. Yeah, you know, that's that's one of the things that we shared. Is no, okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <right>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Yeah, it must be really difficult because, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, that I, I wouldn't completely recommend unless maybe you you let the players share a lot of time beforehand to sure. hash to hash that you're stuff out. You're on the out. road and you know you've you've got to camp for a few nights before you get there. Mm-hmm. Who's taking the watch? Have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, I think it's tricky as well when you've got certain players, especially less experienced players, quite often are less willing to to role play, mm-hmm. and it's entirely understandable on the basis that it's kind of scary when you've never done it before. For sure, it's real like it can be really uncomfortable being like, oh, uh, yes, I'm uh, this, uh, I'm, I'm a, a dragon born, of course. Mm, yes, yes. Great. I have scales. I, I think sc- <laughs> Yes. Well, my parents. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Um, Oh yeah. yeah. They're because it's D and D, of course they're dead. Uh, mm-hmm. uh <laughs> when you're, yeah. when you're sitting next to a player who's like, and my second cousin removed, um, he did the yeah. wedding dress for my nephew who, um, are currently residing in this continent and uh, <laughs> and then there's just you and sitting there like this, this hammer that i'm carrying it's uh, you know, it's been blessed by this this deity that you've probably never heard of because i, I came up with it uh with the dm and don't worry about <laughs> it that'll come out later i'm sure yeah uh, yeah what, what's what's <laughs> the important information here is is screaming yeah. the, the new player <laughs> everything and nothing that's that's the yeah. game <laughs> told you everything about me and you still have no idea who i am yeah um yeah do you think that actually we touched on it earlier in terms of avoidance so i asked my girlfriend before coming on i said what is outside of even D, what does the word conflict mean to you and she said i don't know i i try to avoid it at any given situation and i said that's that's actually a pretty valid point like that conflict avoidance is i think what a lot of yeah. sensible people try and do in their daily lives, you know. It's, Absolutely, because conflict, in a in a very black and white sense, is is bad, mm. right? It's 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 disrupting the norm. It's 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 getting in the way of doing what you want to do or or being comfortable. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm lucky in that. I haven't experienced any players ever have that problem of wanting to avoid conflict. <laughs> the opposite. I feel like that would be a really interesting player to play, though. Mm. Like a really interesting character to play. That's one of the things that attracts me to the Paladin Oath of Redemption, is it? Where they're basically a pacifist. And that yeah. everybody can be redeemed and that combat should be the, the last The absolute last action. possible thing. So I'll never strike first. Yeah, which I yeah. love as a for the exact same reason that that would be really interesting to be like no, like yeah we're being attacked by highwaymen on the road, but you don't know what they've you don't know what kind of life they've lived. They yeah. might you know they might have been orphans and been beaten up and, and maybe they're sorts. trying to find food because they haven't eaten in three days. Maybe they're trying to steal their rations. <clears throat> which I yeah. I would love to see more of those characters because it still breeds conflict, but with a completely different spin. Yeah, absolutely. Because especially if you've got more bloodthirsty player characters mm. that are no they deserve to die they attacked us mm. and then you've got a very reasonable viewpoint of well no they don't deserve to die we don't know who they are yeah we don't know what's driven them to this let's talk to them <laughs> meanwhile you might have uh, you know your warlock eldritch blasting them to death yeah um, yeah you need mature yeah. players and maybe slightly more experienced players to pull that off in a way that everybody has fun because it's very easy for the paladin in that example to be like, no, let's talk to them at the Wall of Keldritch Blasts. And then the paladin goes, well, I didn't get a chance to play my character again. So, yeah. And then that can quickly turn into a, 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 you know, a Nathan Nephros situation of, uh, I'm not, I can't do anything here. Yeah. I'm not having Let's, a, let's, let's pivot to something that's going to be helpful mm. to the party and that I'm going to probably have more fun playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does remind me though, there was um, one of the most fascinating encounters that I've ever seen 
was an injured guard rolls into town um, and they're, they're speaking about there's a goblin group kind of that have, have invaded like the local woods. Mm-hmm. Um, so the adventurers go off to confront them and they sneak up uh, and one of them happens to speak goblin. So she, they, she sneaks up a little bit closer and starts listening in. And the way I'd, I'd thought of it was that they had been ousted from their town like their mm-hmm. little kind of goblin town that was up in the mountains by a dragon. A, a dragon had come and been like, no, this is my space now. Yeah. Go, <laughs> go away. Uh, and quite rightly, they were like, right, well, we need to leave. And they were hungry and they, they you know, they were mm. scavenging. Uh, and this this guard had seen goblins, immediately thought, no, they need to die. The goblins attacked them and they got the best of him. So he ran. Mm-hmm. And they were very much kind of like, cool, you, you can't stay here, but we're not going to fight you. We have no intention of fighting you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it was all contingent on them having the, the ability to listen and empathize. Yeah. And I, I completely forgot that that character could speak Goblin, and I wasn't <laughs> expecting the, that to happen. I, I had the, the fight ready. I, I, you yeah. know, I was entirely expecting it to be yeah. a couple of bugbears bunch of goblins mm-hmm. and uh yeah they'd come to blows but no they they took a, a very empathetic route mm. and it was awesome i was i was kind of taken aback by it i was like yeah oh, this is really unusual and i don't know quite what to do with it but I, mm. I'm, I'm here for it yeah that sounds great yeah i want to try and think of ways to engineer that now in my campaign <laughs> or something similar to that effect yeah and i feel like the that's Another way that conflict can work is is a, a, a massive part of D and D. You know, when whenever you, you hear someone someone talking about how to prepare for a, se- a session, like how much time you should spend, mm. you, so you know you want two or three encounters. Mm. I feel like an encounter doesn't have to be combat. No, nope. it doesn't have to be rolling initiative and, and having a fight. An encounter can be like what I've just described. Of, of, yeah doing a, a bit of stealth and, and encountering these these creatures and trying to mm-hmm. understand more about their situation from a role play perspective that's way more valuable yeah you'll learn way more about your character and your party and maybe even the world that you're inhabiting through that kind of encounter than you will a fight mm. and it's kind of a it's it's a conflict, but it's an avoidance of conflict in a way. Yeah, it's kind of dealing with conflict in a a, a non, you know, it's it's spoken words instead of pointy sticks. Yeah, it's quite poetic in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice nice utilization of conflict avoidance in a in a good sense rather than the preconception I had of it being a a negative thing of being too timid or or too scared to do anything so now i do quite like that take on it of there are always choices which is something i've said to to my guys before like there's always there's always a choice very rarely is there not a choice and that's that's where kind of railroading gets into into play and that's a a whole other conversation yeah yeah (laughs) if we take it up a couple of levels then because one thing that we haven't talked about much is, I guess, to close the loop a little bit, is the dictionary definition of conflict. So in terms of things like nations at war and geographical borders being fought over and other kind of in-universe aspects sure. of conflict. Yeah, like macro conflict instead yeah. of micro. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not... I haven't read the art of war or anything, so I'm not in a in, <laughs> no, in a good no. <laughs> in a place to start fabricating wars. Um, a, a a DM friend of mine, Jamie, his campaign, he basically had his player characters at the vanguard of, of a you know a battalion of soldiers. So he, you know they had X hundred soldiers, and he's asking me, he's like, "Download, man." what why have i done this how <laughs> why like how do i how do i get the players to manage 
a battalion like food rations you know flanking yeah you know how long is it going to take for them to march like morale i was like man don't we <laughs> you're on your own power because uh... that's that's a whole kind of i think there's a matt Covell book that addresses that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, i think he's he's come up with a, a rule set from what i understand is a really elegant way of of dealing with that kind of <laughs> that scale of, mm. of combat but yeah like that's the kind of you, you may need to look at some homebrew stuff yeah for sure for for that but it's kind of like um this the the most recent the current campaign of critical role uh-huh. is is set within a continent that's got two warring nations kind of conflict on a grander scale can mm. can be used to dictate the tone of of the world that the players are in mm. Uh, which is quite a an an interesting that I, I had I hadn't considered until now. No, me neither. But then now we've mentioned it out loud, it seems like <laughs> such an obvious thing because yeah. cult history is shaped by world like the world wars, for example, have ch- yeah, forever exactly. changed the course of history, and and during that time, it very much coloured everybody's day-to-day interaction absolutely you don't know who's listening the you know propaganda being dropped by planes and that kind of stuff so it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's... and even even looking more recently if you look at the not to get too heavy mm-hmm. but the like just just from a matter of perspective you look at the the u.s invasion of iraq mm. so you've got soldiers from the u.s side that are going because there's a war on terror and they have to go yeah. But then you've got innocents on the other side that are kind of like, well, there's this invading foreign faction that are destroying buildings that, you know, that that was my school. Mm. So there's there's an opportunity from a character perspective. There's inspiration there that you could draw on if if you're if you're building a world or playing in a world that is based in a, you know heavy military combat. Mm-hmm from both sides you could have perspectives of conflict and and the different ways that conflict affects and and motivates those those characters Mm. there's a lot of opportunity there yeah and i'm now kicking myself for not using or seeing that opportunity before (laughs) before (laughs) establishing a world but there's always the beauty of homebrew is that there's always ways to um there's always other continents there's yeah, always other worlds tweak yeah. it tweak it on the fly yeah i think if i'm being kind to myself it would be because i wanted to focus it on the day to day but as in you sure. know get make the players the stars of the show and not have these kind of faceless generals dictating you know a bunch of stuff that um, maybe yeah, yeah it, I suppose it removes in, agency. I suppose in a very real sense, they're they're war heroes, right? Mm. They're they're if you if you're putting them in a situation already where they're in charge, and they mm. have the opportunity to to win huge battles, then the war hero as- aspect of that is baked in. Mm. And everyone wants to play D and D to be a hero or or a villain. Yeah, I've got I've got to go and do some homework now. I think, which wasn't my <laughs> intended outcome of this, but. Uh... <laughs> to kind of yeah have a think about how to how to introduce that but i don't know if you've had any experience or played any games where that larger scale stuff has come into it there's a there's always conflict between like the thieves guild and the local guard or the pesky scamps but is there any more i guess seriously toned stuff that you've ever been a part of in terms of like war gaming or anything like that Uh, well i guess not necessarily war it could just be conflict at large i suppose is a better way to put it so just between political houses could you know there's a a layer of you know noir intrigue there i've I've always been fascinated by that i've never played any any war gaming stuff i played warhammer when i was uh, a bit younger very briefly but I, i never spent the time to fully grasp the rules no, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, but speaking of kind of noir intrigue and, and political intrigue, um, I've got two of the the D and D source books: the Dragon Heist book yeah. and the Eberron book. Both have a lot of not warring factions, but conflict between houses and mm. and political parties and stuff. And that's that's reading through those books. It's fascinating. It's kind of uh, it, it definitely coloured one of the characters that I created for one of the campaigns I play in. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a goblin artificer. Wow, cool. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm very much of the opinion if I had the opportunity to play something weird, I'd much rather do that than a human fighter. Yeah. Because I'm I am a human. <laughs> I'm not a goblin. I'm not uh, one of the other characters I'm playing is a, a Leonin barbarian. Yeah. Which is kind of like yeah, of course I want to be a seven foot tall lion yeah. dude. Yeah. Why why wouldn't I want to play that? But yeah, the goblin artificer is kind of like a. The the motivation behind the character was was a spy. I wanted him to be an unassuming. Oh, I'm just a tinkerer. I just yeah. I just build these little toys when in fact he's trying to gather information. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. I need to check out those books. I have yeah. I have one of the uh, I think I have the most more recent Eberron book, and I know mm. from from a cursory look through some of it, it's you know houses vying yeah. for. There's there's a a ton of of really cool stuff within the Eberron side of D and D. It's it's always like because it's more kind of pulpy. And mm-hmm. Kind of got like arc trains and yeah, yes. it's it's very very cool. Yeah, I think I'd like to either DM or be a part of a a more grounded. It doesn't seem like the right word because you've just said arc trains, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you know what I mean. Like, I guess less yeah. less fan- fantasy and more more pulpy. Yeah, pulpy, yeah. yeah, exactly as you said. Yeah, to just have for yeah. co- for combat to be the exception rather than the rule so when there's Absolutely. a fight it's oh okay this is something's gone stakes. wrong yeah. here to have to bear arms is is a big deal whereas i think most campaigns your goblin example was unusual because as you, as you said yourself you're expecting them to just fight them most campaigns it would be fighting is is the rule yeah. and then anything else is the exception so yeah i think i'll yeah. be quite interested and, in... and i feel like that's kind of ingrained through like if you've got to play a a party of level one characters and they meet in a tavern and you need them to clear out the basement because there's a rat infestation. Mm. Like that, that's a, a very stock kind of introductory <laughs> experience that teaches players. You're going to have to fight stuff. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing to learn because you likely will have to fight stuff. That's a significant portion of the mechanics of D and D. Yeah. I feel like there's a huge benefit to ingraining yeah, like you said, there's always options. Mm. Yeah. There's always a choice. There is always a choice, which is easy to forget, I think, from both players and, and the DM's oh, for sure. perspective. Yeah. In terms of I'm, I'm expected to or I should be doing this or have we, have we talked about that yet is easy to forget, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts or comments on on conflict and how it is within the D and D five E framework? I just find it fascinating when you when you kind of gave me gave us the the list of, mm-hmm. of kind of topics to discuss. The first the first one that jumped out was conflict because it it felt so integral to D and D. It drives the game itself, which I think yep. is 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 a very fascinating concept. It's great because if I had my mum in the room and said, mum, I'm playing this game, it's all about conflict, she'd be like, why are you playing such a horrible game? <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see someone play a character that has nothing to gain from going out adventuring. <laughs> I kind of want to, I can't imagine it and I want to see it done. Is that like chaotic neutral then, I guess? Is it of just yeah, like I'm just, just like, here to be alive, so let's live it. I've got I've got no reason to come out adventuring. I've got mm. no reason to join this party, but I'm going to because well why not? Yeah. Adventure calls. Adventure calls. Yeah. And that can be quite a good foil to other players who have got very strong ties. Yeah. Very reasonable motivation to want to go out and mm do the the hero stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to you've got just some some guy that's just like oh you know i've got I'm nothing Bob. better to do <laughs> I'm, I'm also here <laughs> all right well in that case then i think we've I, I, ironically as, as broad and yet precise as the term conflict is i feel like we've exhausted it but also only scratched the surface yeah in, in the same breadth absolutely so I certainly think that based on you know, what we've talked about today, there are springboards for other avenues of discussion down the line. But I think for today, we've come to a nice bow tie of 
yeah. closing the loop. Yeah, so, so. Uh, all that's left to say in that case is thank you very, very much. You've been a great guest. Thanks for having me. That's yeah, all right. That's it's a... Super insightful, super fun. And I felt like I've learned a lot and I'm frustrated with myself <laughs> in a good kind of way. Uh, I've, I've got my own internal conflict right now as to what my next step should be. But no, thank you very much. Thank you. And thanks to everyone at home for listening. Next episode, I'll be talking to Jack Wayne about ability. Thank you and good night.